0: The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Kowal Investment Group and its staff. Kowal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call
1: 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning. This is The Retirement Clinic. Welcome to WISN Milwaukee and WIBA in Madison, The Retirement Clinic with the COWAL Investment Group. And here today, hosting the show is Joe Still and John White. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. We always come up with names, you know, the Still Spitz, when Spitzner is with the show. When Jeff is here, it's The Retirement Clinic. Right. Jeff, so... Still white? White still? I don't know. There's got to be something here.
2: Yeah, this is the first time John and I are doing it together, and we're excited. We it,
1: have uh, we have some good cop- topics to cover. It's historic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's good to have both of you here. Uh, John, as always, we start the show with a little background, the Cowell Investment Group. This show, The Retirement Clinic, focuses on primarily one thing only, and that's retirement. And that's what you guys do. That's your forte.
3: Right, that's our niche. We're working with people that are at or nearing retirement. You know, I'd like to draw a picture of a mountain and say you're almost at the summit where you plant your flag and every day's a Saturday after that. We wanna make sure that the money's gonna last, that your retirement is gonna be the way you planned it. And that we're not worrying about what the markets are doing. We're we're managing your expectations, your goals, and making sure that everything's going to work out well. Uh,
1: I, I like the way you said that. First off, the emotions, watching the market, the volatility. You know, recently, big swings, right? Do we get all wrapped up in the day-to-day nuances of what the markets are doing? Some people do. If if you get all worked up over it, for me, it's not my thing, John. Right. I, I want somebody else to do that. Right.
3: Think long <laughs> Worry term. Worry for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> think yeah, long and, term.
1: And we actually put on a billboard uh,
2: saying we we like to use outsource your stress to us.
1: I love in that. In retirement. Line. Yeah. Uh, you guys and are that's great. You us, is, right. And that's why you hire
2: us. Is and that's why you hire an advisor and a wealth management group to to take away that stress, let you focus on all the joys in life and as as John said, when every day is Saturday, you don't want to worry about what the market's doing today or tomorrow, and or.
1: that's retirement every day, yep. a Saturday. Yeah. Now I like that line. Outsource your stress so that you guys can worry about it. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's we'll what you, you do. Um, also, thecowallway.com, a website. Uh, check that out. We'll give out all the locations information, how to reach out to anybody at the Cowall Investment Group. You hear market updates Monday through Friday. Twice a day, WISN in WIBA's programming, the Vicky McKenna Show in Madison. You guys do the daily market updates, and then we get a full hour here on the weekends on Saturday. You, John, are a fiduciary firm. You'll explain what that means, and it kind of ties into our first topic today.
3: Right. It all started back in the 1920s. That's when the seeds were sown for this. Um Basically, we had the uh, the Wall Street crash in 1929, and then we obviously got the De- Great Depression that followed. And there was quite a few laws enacted as a knee-jerk reaction, I guess, to that event. Uh, basically, the first one was the Securities Act of 1933. Then we had the Glass-Steagall Act of 1933 as well. And then the Securities Act 1934, that created the Securities and Exchange Commission. And the Securities and Exchange Commission is who we are answerable to as fiduciary financial advisors. And the fiduciary standard actually has three duties that we have to follow. Um, The first one being a duty of loyalty, the second being a duty of care, and the third one is a duty to follow client instructions. And we can get really into all the little nuances, but the most important thing, the big takeaway from a fiduciary standard is that we are acting in the client's best interests at all times. So we're not putting our own interests ahead of the client's. The client always comes first. And of course, that comes back to that first aspect, the duty of loyalty. In other words, we cannot put uh, another vendor's interest ahead of the client. You know, if we're working with somebody else for the client's interest, that that other party cannot be ahead of the client. Um, Duty of care. Obviously, we're making sure that the client's assets are being well managed, that we're managing risk. We're managing the risk in face of the client's spending goals and other aspirations. Um, we're working in a framework that is basically making sure that the client is not going to have any ill-advised consequences with our investments. Um, Of course, with that, we have that duty-to-follow client instruction. And um, an interesting point in that, the only time we we breach that client instruction – is if there's a subpoena for information from from federal agents, uh, we you have,
1: have to, right? Yes,
3: we got to give up that information. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hopefully, that'll never happen, right? Right. I mean, that's, um, a,
1: there's a, a there's a reason there would be a subpoena, so you have to follow laws,
3: right? And the other one, of course, is if if the clients wanting to do something that's blatantly illegal, we're not we're not going to follow that instruction. But otherwise, we're following the direction of the client, but also they're hiring us to make sure that we're helping them in their own way so we can get them where they want to be.
1: And, and that's uh, – you described fiduciary well. We hear that term a lot, Joe. I think people on commercials in one ear, right, you know, we hear it, but what, what does that mean?
2: Yeah, it, and I, I would add a point to what John was saying about that, that first duty of loyalty, and that's really putting the client's interests first before our own. So an example would be, uh, you know, are we – selling you a product that maybe isn't a good fit maybe isn't the best fit but in turn we're making a lot of money from it so so that's you know the 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 number one example i guess you would look at and we you know as advisors don't want to work in that environment where maybe a corporation is
1: pushing some products on us to say, hey, you guys should sell these first. What In your line of work in investments in retirement play, what is a product, right? You're not selling us du- durable goods, commodities. A product would be something like an annuity? Yeah, and, and
2: again, I, I don't want to paint a broad stroke to say annuities are, are bad. All of them are bad. Absolutely not. Right, depends on there, every person. There's a time person. and place for an annuity. But as a fiduciary... Our duty is to go through, ask as many questions and go through a discovery process with the client so we can understand what they're looking for and we can find that solution that fits their need the best. And if it's an annuity, great, we'll come up with that. But it's that process that we go through of really asking as many questions as possible so we can understand their situation And then finding that right solution that makes the most sense. And we love being independent because we're not tied to, say, an insurance company to say, okay, yeah, we have a product for this. You know what? We're going to look across all insurance companies and all investment companies to
1: find the best Oh, you mentioned for insurance. that insurance. Could that be another product, a life insurance Absolutely. policy? That's something that people try to sell, right? Absolutely. Insurance agents, insurance companies. Absolutely. And, and not to say that that's a bad thing. Life insurance is good. We should have it, right? Absolutely. But what's the
2: best one for you? What's the best one for you? And and being independent, it allows us to be truly unbiased, and we can go across all the companies and find the best solution for the client at the best price and with the best benefits. Um, and and that's, I think, why you want to work with a fiduciary is obviously we want that, that advisor
1: to put our interests before their own. Yeah. Um, John, thoughts on that?
3: Yeah. You know, there's different fiduciaries yeah. out there when you think about different professions, like a doctor takes an oath, right, to do no harm. Um, an accountant is a fiduciary. Uh, they have to put their client's interests above their own. Um, When it's all said and done in our industry, there's actually three standards at play. One of them is the Department of Labor fiduciary standard, and that was overturned in June of 2018. But what was going on is the government at that time, I think it was under the Obama administration, wanted to lean our industry towards the fiduciary standard, but then it was overturned. But there's actually some states now that have adopted it because they liked where it was heading, and that was New York, Nevada, Connecticut, and New Jersey. So slowly this is being bled out. It might take on. We don't know for sure. Obviously, there's the Registered Investment Advisor Fiduciary Standard that we are under at the Coal Investment Group. And then finally, there's the Registered Representative or Agent Suitability Standard. Now, that's that's the one where we're saying, like you were just talking about with the products, is this product suitable, air quote, for the client? I I, I met a 20-year-old that had a fixed annuity because that client was risk-averse. because But, but they're 20 years old. right? So- <laughs> if, Again, this is the gray area of where we are now. Who says whether or not that is suitable in the long run for that young person? That's the gray area. And what it comes down to, if this ever were to take a legal path, if you're a fiduciary, you're going to court over that decision. If you're a registered representative advisor, it will go through an arbitration proceeding to figure out what is the final outcome of of this um, and I think that's another big thing: is is arbitration is typically a private thing, whereas courts, of course, are very public. Um, so the Securities and Exchange Commission, it, I'd say, the oversight is way more far-reaching than, say, the suitability standard, because as as a financial advisor, you can almost choose which path you want to go on in this in this realm <laughs> that we work in. Um, and I think that's why the fiduciary standard is that higher standard that we have to to, to live with and and work with which it should be in our industry. We should be working on our clients' best interests at all times.
1: When John mentioned courts, you know, a lot of people hear about estate planning issues. We've talked about them on this show many times. You hit probate, that means it's in court. It's a public record now. Many people, Joe, want to avoid that process.
2: Yes. Yeah. You, you do not want to go in there for, for that reason you just brought up. You don't want your um, dirty laundry, call it, to be public uh, and to be made public. Um, and uh, and and that's one major point. But also, it's very costly uh, to to go into probate and go through that process. You have to hire an attorney. Um, you have to file a lot of paperwork. Uh, and and that's why you know going through the process of uh, putting together an estate
1: plan to cover all of those potential risk areas makes a lot of sense. Uh, before we we break, John, we just got a couple minutes here right now. We started out the show, and I don't think we've taken this much time to explain what a fiduciary is on this show in the retirement clinic. So I'm glad we did it. Any, you want to wrap it up? Any kind of final thoughts, what yeah. we should be looking for?
3: You know, it, it's a, there's a lot of moving parts to this. I would kind of summarize it with kind of the general approach of each standard suitability versus fiduciary. Suitability is more product driven and there are some rules that people have to follow and the disclosures between you and the advisor are typically verbal in nature. Whereas with a fiduciary standard, it's more solution-based driven, it's more principles-based, and there is a written, basically we have a wealth management agreement, it's called, and it's very transparent. You can see how we're compensated, and that's what I like. I like the transparency of the fiduciary standard, suitability. You have to do some digging on your own to figure out what's going on with fees and everything else. So it's very important, I feel, that that we lean towards the fiduciary standard, Um because, and you know, it's not perfect, right? I mean, I I don't want to say this, but I almost have to. Um, oh my gosh, uh, he was uh, the fraud. Uh, Bernie Madoff, oh, he the was Madoff's a fiduciary, cool. you right. know? So right. it's not perfect, right? There are some bad bad apples out there. Um, but uh, I, I think certainly as advisors, that's what I want to work under as a fiduciary standard, where I put my client's interests ahead of my own.
1: Yeah, that's well said. And people that have never worked for an advisor or with an advisor, Joe, many people have done their own investments, maybe yeah. just a four hundred one k plan. But yeah. as you near retirement, or you see it on the horizon, or hey, we're we're getting into our thirties. Look at millennials; they're starting to have kids now. Right. Millennials are buying homes. Right. Right. That you start thinking about your future, yeah. and you need some guidance along yeah. the way.
2: And and I'll I'll. Uh Talk about a point that I think you made on the difference between suitability and fiduciary. That I think is the is the the key point, and that is transparency. Hold Full that. transparency.
1: Uh, transparency is huge. I know you want to spend time on that. Yeah. We also have the sexy segment today, correct, guys? Yes. Yeah, we have a nice topic. I think you're going to enjoy. That's every show later in the hour. So stay tuned for that. How to reach out to the COWAL Investment Group? Call two six two. the website, thecoalway.com, all over social media, Twitter, and that's all accessible at thecoalway.com. Check that out with John White and Joe Still. I'm Paul For Stay tuned on WISM and WIBA. More of the Retirement Clinic coming up next.
0: Welcome back to The Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with The Boss Minute, business owner savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. When it comes to selling your business, there are many aspects to consider. First, you should determine why you want to sell. It is important your reasons make sense as those reasons may matter to the potential buyer. A few reasons a potential buyer would easily understand are retirement, a partnership that didn't last, or an illness or death. Once you have clarified your reasons for selling, it is time to focus on the steps you need to take before you can sell your business. Some of the common steps include sorting all of your accounting records, hiring a valuation expert, working on exit strategy, marketing your business, putting your business on the market, examining potential buyers, and hiring an attorney to finalize the contract. Selling your business is a complex process that takes time. You want to be sure that things are done right, so it is important to remain patient through the process. Rushing through essential steps in the sale process could be a costly mistake. There are a few other common mistakes to avoid when selling your business, such as not planning ahead, waiting too long to sell, misrepresenting your business, and trying to sell your business alone. As I mentioned earlier, selling your business is a complex process. Going it alone to save yourself money could actually cost you more in the long run, and a lot of times, a lot more. If you need assistance planning and preparing for the sale of your business, give our office a call at 262 522 4040, 40, or visit us at thekowallway.com.
1: We are back on WISN and WIBA with the Retirement Clinic and the COWAL Investment Group every Saturday with John White and Joe Still in studio as your hosts. Okay, a lot coming up. The sexy segment. Reach out thecoalway.com and more information on uh, many many locations in southeast Wisconsin and where you can meet with one of the many advisors and talk about your retirement. We started the show uh John talking about what a fiduciary is. You're going to kind of wrap that up. Joe said this is very important to talk about transparency.
3: Yeah, transparency is huge. You know, I, I often come down to is your advisor talking about fees? You know, do they talk about how they make their investment decisions? is it like what looking through a, a pane glass window, basically, you know, can you see what's going on? Is it transparent? It's so important. Um, because you're, you've got your hard earned money here with, with someone and you want to know what's going on. Um, so very important. It's, it's a, a huge, huge trust relationship. And, uh, you know, obviously, when you're when you're looking for a financial advisor, really consider that key point.
1: You mentioned hard-earned money, Ed Joe. I think that sums it up perfect. Uh, most people say the biggest investment we'll have is our house, right? Correct. Well, I would say it's our nest egg. It's our retirement plan. If I've got a million plus dollars, and Maybe it's two million. Maybe it's less than that, and I'm trying to catch up. You've got all kinds of clients, Joe. So you deal with everybody, and that's what you do. How can we get you set up for retirement? I would say it's the biggest, most important thing in my in my life is that retirement plan. Yes, the company
2: provided pension is not happening too often anymore. You know, it is the, in the minority now of companies offering uh, uh, benefit like that to their employees. And social so-
1: security is not going to get. No,
2: through. no, we've seen the numbers. It's like about 30% of your post-retirement income, um, or excuse me, 30% of your income need is satisfied by Social Security. So wow. you need to save all of that money to uh, to provide yourself the income you need throughout retirement and to, and to maintain your lifestyle. And John talked about a Transparency is just huge. Do you want to work with an advisor that is Uh, legally obligated to be transparent and put your interests first? Or do you want to work with one that, you know, simply has to abide by the suitability rules, which just says, yes, if I sell you this product or this investment, um, it has to be suitable now. But if that changes 10 years from now, I I won't be held accountable for that. So um, transparency is huge and working with a fiduciary is a, is a big deal. And, uh, and you know, that's a, a recommendation we would give all of our clients to make sure if you're not working with us if you don't you know if you need some help obviously call call us at
1: 262-522-4040. but if you're not working with us make sure you're working with a fiduciary um there's a comfort level too that visceral government do I get do I trust this person do I like this person uh and that's where that face-to-face meeting and I think you guys are still doing virtual visits if the client prefers that yes that's an abs- well, that's here to stay Joe it is yeah. it
2: is uh we don't I would say overall, we don't prefer to do, say, a uh, uh, Zoom meeting. I, I I was pausing when I said Zoom because it could be you know Microsoft Teams or whatever, but could be doing a an FaceTime, online time. It could yeah, be on Skype. Right. There's Skype, many ways. Right, right. We we would prefer to do things in person, but uh, absolutely, the option is there um, if we can not do that. And we have you know we, we we have clients in in thirty states outside of Wisconsin, so um, we're we're. Uh, doing virtual meetings all the time.
1: So before we pivot to our next topic and the sexy segment coming up, you mentioned how to reach out. To contact the COWAL Investment Group, yes, you can call 262-522-4040. Where are they located? World Headquarters in Waukesha, Wisconsin. In addition, in Nozaki County, you've got a beautiful location, Views of Lake Michigan, in Port Washington, in Racine, right off the freeway, and Highway 20 is... I think the, the most recent move was your Racine move?
2: Yes, yes. We have uh, Aaron Spitzner down there. Uh, he does a great job, and he
1: uh, offices out of that location. So you've got kind of offices scattered everywhere. Then we talk about Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, and Jeff often talks about how many states you're licensed in, snowbirds. You know, you can move away after retirement and still retain the COWAL Investment Group. Most, most people do, Joe, right? Absolutely. We, we work with clients all over the country. Okay. Next up, what's your next topic? I think, Joe, this is going to be your little baby. Yeah. Yeah. This is a,
2: a blog that I wrote a few years ago for our website and uh, thought it would be a good time to revisit this topic. Uh, and it it relates really well to being a fiduciary and, and a few uh, recommendations when it comes to looking at your relationship with your financial advisor if you're currently working with one. The question that we pose in this blog is, is it time to fire your financial advisor? When is it time to make a change? And this is, you know, the blog was written based on an article out of uh, Kiplinger's magazine at the time. And, you know, the when you're looking at all of your relationships your financial relationships uh, you know it's a good thing to to assess you know your financial situation i would say every year kind of look at everything and um you know if you're getting close to retirement um and you know you haven't put a plan together um maybe you have been working with an advisor for a while but you don't meet with them on a regular basis um, you know, if you ask them that question of, "Hey, you know, can I retire, you know, when I want to in a couple of years?" and if the answer back to you is, "Oh yeah, trust me, you'll be fine," you know, uh, you you might want to have the advisor explain that, and dig into that a little bit, and and I
1: would hope that everyone. Would want a better answer than that. This is a big decision. Advisor. We're not buying a car, even though that's a big decision. We're not going to the grocery store and deciding what type of beer or wine to pick out or right. whatever. It's a huge decision. When do I retire? You plan your life around that. Right, right. Absolutely. And
2: so. You know, if that's the case, if you went and, and this was the, the story that Kiplinger's used within their article to kind of set up this topic was, you know, uh, this couple went to their advisor and they said, oh, you know, trust me, you, you have plenty of money. You'll be fine. Um, well, you know what? Your advisor should be showing you the details and should be walking you through and putting together that um, that really good plan for you.
1: So the first so, two words of the sentence, trust me. That's the first red flag, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you want you want show me. How about show me? Right, right. Right. So, so they they
2: you know in the blog I bring up a couple of points that you want to consider uh, that would help you make that decision and answer that question: Is it time to fire my advisor? And and the first one is uh, zero chemistry. <laughs> so, if we look at any kind of relationship in your life, uh, if you don't like that person that you're working with then it's not going to work, right? It sounds kind of silly, but if you dread giving somebody a phone call or talking to them, then why are you still in that relationship?
1: It it could could go to a marriage. If you're dating somebody, if you don't trust or like that person, it's not going to end up well. Right. Right. So, I mean, and the relationship with your financial advisor is no different from that aspect or anybody that you use, right? Right. If you're using a a HVAC company to come into your house, but but you really don't like the guy, you can't stand him, You're not going to have him back. No. So, yeah, it, it sounds like a really simple one,
2: but you would be surprised at how many people sit in these relationships year after year after year and... They don't like the
1: person. They don't like change, and, maybe. And maybe they don't like change. Maybe yeah. they don't like conflict. Um, oh, addressing conflict is uh, some people yeah. just want to stay away from it. Right, right. You know, I've I've had friends say they don't like their insurance guy, and their rates are high. And I'll and right. I'll say, why are you still with them? Well, because he's kind of a friend of the family. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to offend him. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Right. It, it's right. your life. It's your money. Right. Make exactly. the right choice. Exactly. So. If you're
2: out there and you're dreading calling your financial advisor, give our office a call, and we'll help you walk through it. So that that might be one sign that it's time to to make a change. Uh, the next point uh, we'll discuss is, um, and and John talked a little bit about this, and this this flows into the fiduciary um, compensation. If the advisor is not clear about their compensation, then that's that's a red flag that it might be time to make a change, um, and. You know, you look at um, how our, if you don't understand how your advisor is compensated, you probably don't understand what you're paying them. And that's typical. We see that a lot. People just don't understand. John and I consider it, and the rest of our coworkers at Cowal consider it our job and responsibility to make sure that all of our clients know exactly what they're paying us and they understand how we get paid and how we get compensated for that. I-
1: I would think it's a question that most people would ask, maybe on visit number one. But I'm thinking many people don't, right? They know you're being compensated, right? But how? Don't be afraid to ask. Again, full transparency.
2: This is your life savings, as John said earlier. This is your nest egg. You know your retirement, and when you retire, you know could be teetering on whether you know. I should say, um, it's extremely important that. You understand how much money you're paying that advisor, how they're compensated, um, and that it's it's completely
1: clear transparency. Yeah, beyond the right fit, you got to have that relationship, that right fit, and then you yeah. get to this. Uh, these are good points you're bringing yeah. up, all from Kiplingers, correct? Right, right. And
2: in uh, a blog that I I use to kind of write. And, and post a couple of years
1: ago oh, on our website. I should mention, you guys got great blogs. I'm looking at thekowalway.com, thekowalway.com, and many of these, all your blogs are dated and right on that front page, you can't miss them. Yes. Full absolutely. of information. Absolutely. So
2: I'll, I'll I'll put this one to bed and then move on to the next one, but make sure if you're talking to your advisor that you're working with today and they can't clearly explain how they're compensated, then you definitely need to make a change. <laughs> Red flag. So that, that rolls us into our next point, and this is a, a really important one. This is one of our company core values, um, and it's open and honest communication. If you have poor communication with your current advisor, then it's not going to work. And, and again, you t- Paul, you talked about it earlier. You could go any relationship in your life. Think about if you have poor communication, it's probably not going to last real long. So that's a, a a really important point. Um, you should be meeting with your advisor on a regular basis. Uh, we typically meet with our clients twice a year in person, but you know sometimes we don't. meet We meet with them once a year because that's all that client needs, and it and it works best for them. If they want to meet regarding an issue or whatever, it's a phone call away. It's a phone call. We can set up a meeting at any point in time. Yep, so yep. we are we are here. As a resource for all of our clients
1: for any financial decision they need to make. You know, not to brag. I do have a degree in communications. That's what I went to college for. And with technology being what it is, access to your email, text, phone calls, and let's face it, in your line of work, guys, you guys got the phones, you get your computers. There's no excuse for lack of communication. None. None. Well, I was on vacation. Well, then who's in for you, right? There's really no excuse. Yeah. So somebody's saying I was out of town or whatever, not a valid excuse.
2: Right, right. And, you know, a good test for an advisor um, is when we experience a really tough time in the markets, you know, take us back a little over a year ago. If you hear crickets from your advisor in, in a time when the clients really, you really need them, and you need to to feel that peace of mind. You're that,
1: talking about when COVID
2: hit, right? And we and, went and way floor down, and the dropped out of the market. Oosh. If if your advisor, your current advisor, went silent and you didn't hear a word from them, um, that's
1: an issue. That's not just a red flag; that's a massive. That's a massive red, red flag. flag. Right, right. Uh, and I would say you're right. In the worst of times, that's when people are panicking. They want to know if they should get out, stay in there. And people were panicking. We saw it. It wasn't that long ago,
2: guys. Right. Yeah. And we sent out tons of communications to our clients on what was happening. We did it through email. We did it through videos. Um, We reached out to some clients personally on certain, you know, items. And uh, and so we pride ourselves on being very proactive when it comes to communication.
1: Uh, Joe Still, John White from the Kowal Investment Group. This is the Retirement Clinic. We've got about a minute till our next break. We do have the sexy segment coming up. Any kind of, uh, you want to wrap this final comments around this little uh, package? Like, do you fire your advisor? Now, it sounds harsh, but... If it's not a right fit, you got to make a move in what's in your best interest.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, whenever you go through and and do kind of a personal inventory, uh, you know, look at the relationships in your life that are key. And if if there's no chemistry, if you don't understand how you pay them or comp- you don't understand how the advisor's compensated. If there's poor communication, um, you know, you need to assess that. And and if, having a few of these red flags, it, it probably makes sense to move on and, and find a better fit for you. And that's what we go through in our discovery process is really
1: understanding, are we a good fit for that, for that particular person? So along those lines, uh, if you want to reach out and talk to anybody at the Cowal Investment Group, we've gave out all the locations. They're at the com. Otherwise pick up the phone. It's a call away. 262-522-4040. Okay. Quick break. It's about wealth management and preservation. We call it the sexy segment every week on the retirement clinic today with Joe still and John white from the Cowell investment group, WISN Milwaukee, W I B a Madison. We'll be right back. It is the sexy segment. You can tell by the music each week on the retirement clinic. Jeff calls it the sexy. He says money's sexy, right? He kind of jokes around this, by the way, this September, Mark's twenty years on the retirement clinic. So we'll be talking about that as we closer to this. we started the week of nine eleven, if you guys recall that story. Yeah. Jeff talks about it often. And we in fact the I think the second week we the show was Um, not on because all of our programming was wall-to-wall coverage of 9-11 and the terrorist attacks. So we've been doing this show, the Retirement Clinic with Jeff Kowal and the Kowal Investment Group, now 20 years this September. It's good to have John White, Joe Still, two of the voices you hear Monday through Friday on the Market Reports with us on today's show. For the Sexy segment, it's about paying for college, something that is being talked about more and more because of of the cost, yes, and then the ensuing debt, yes, that occurs.
2: Yes, yes, that's been a very hot topic recently, especially because uh, uh, students are taking out loans and they're coming out of college with really big loans, and how do they pay these off? And uh, and so I thought it would be good, you know, and this segment is set up for those individuals that have accumulated a million dollars or more in net worth, and may have. Uh, some challenges when it comes to paying for college because they don't qualify for any aid um, with with a, with a high net worth. And so I wanted to cover uh, this topic because, uh, first of all, college tuition is getting, I would say, almost out of hand as far as the inflation that we've seen Over the last decade, you know, it it,
1: doesn't match the rate of inflation in the country. It's way exceeds that. Yeah, you're
2: talking private schools. You know, you're talking sixty thousand dollars or more a year to go to school at a private school. Who can afford that? Right, can afford that. So you take a loan out. Right, right. So, what are some of the options for parents, uh, for grandparents? to participate in helping their grandchildren um, in, in paying for those those high bills in college. And, and first of all, we'll talk a little bit about contributing to a 529 college savings program. So this is a, a savings program set up by the government, and, and each state kind of manages their own program that is specifically set up to set money aside. It grows tax-deferred, and then if you use that money for college, it's tax free. So you can pull that out and you don't have to pay tax on that money. So, um, the one thing I wanted to point out here is grandparents can actually contribute to their grandchildren's 529 plans and in, in the form of gifting. And they could do $15,000 a year per spouse per grandchild. So you add, uh, for grandma and grandpa, that would be $30,000 in total a year per grandchild. That's a good chunk of change. And the, the government allows you to pull forward five years of gifts. So you could actually give $150,000. Now, obviously, that that is not a normal situation where grandparents are giving that much money. But um, that's a lot of money that a, a grandparent could provide to the grandchildren uh, for college.
1: When you say moving forward and do the, what was it, five years worth of the five gifting? Five years worth of gifting so, they can pull forward. And um, do it in? And do uh, it in one year. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. But they can't, could they do that again the next year? Um, no, if, no. No. It's so, a one-time deal. Yeah, yeah.
2: So they would pull that for that individual child. They could pull that forward.
1: But, but back to the basics of gifting. 15 Thousands allowed per right. person. Right. Again, if it's a grandma and grandpa, that's 30. Yeah. If they so desire, right. Right? right? Some grandparents do want to help out. My my grandmother helped me out with my first car purchase. I was in my young 20s and I needed, you know, I needed a car for, and she just said, I'll, I'll help you out. Yeah. I had to pay some of it back. Right, right. She she even printed out a contract for me. And we signed it. That's great. No interest. Yeah. Just I promised her monthly payments until we paid it off. That's awesome. That yeah.
2: taught you a great life lesson. That, oh, it totally hey,
1: did. Responsibility yeah, and tied yeah, me to yeah. it. Yeah. So we we would definitely encourage.
2: I always encourage um, parents and grandparents, even if they're gifting money, to still have their child have some skin in the game. To learn a good life lesson, as as Paul just mentioned, that's a that's a great uh, suggestion. Uh, another point I wanted to bring up, and then we can kind of wrap this up. Obviously, um, the the parents or the child, uh, the student, I should say, can take out a loan, and there are many options there. There there are government subsidized loans and unsubsidized loans. Um, and those are, are very good options. I I myself took out some loans to pay for part of my college and then, you know, in turn paid those off when I got a job. So those are, are good options um, for funding college. But another one I wanted to bring up was the, the idea of if a grandparent or a parent has um, stock ownership in a company and maybe a large, you know, um, amount of stock with large gains in that, that they haven't sold yet because they would pay so much in gains. You could actually gift stock to your child and then have them sell the stock. And since they will be in a really low tax bracket, um, could be 0% capital gains that they could use that money to fund college. And they wouldn't have to, uh, the, the parent or grandparent wouldn't have to sell that stock and then realize all those gains and pay those gains in taxes. Um, so that would be an option too. If if you're sitting on a, a, a really large chunk of Johnson Control stock or We Energy stock, you know, local companies, um, that might be a good option for you to be able to gift that to your grandchildren and then have them use that money for college by selling that stock. And again, since they're owning it and they um, – they would be in a in a very low income bracket. Right. Most likely their capital gains tax rate would be zero.
1: So that would be an option too. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So grandparents, are you listening?
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's many ways to approach it. And if your college, if your kid so desires that they want to pursue college, it's not for everybody. We've learned that. Right. The skilled trades are begging for people right. that don't need a college degree. Right. Uh, but that being said, some people are destined for college. Uh, Don't the high tuition costs are something that may sway them away. Don't let it deter you. There's ways to work it right through it. One of the points
2: I'll make, and then I, I can turn it over to John. He has a great topic to go over, uh, would be, first of all, don't jeopardize saving for your retirement. Um, and don't jeopardize your retirement by trying to save more than you can afford for your kid's college. There are many options to pay for college, as we talked about a few. Um, And if you have questions, you can give our office a call, but make sure you take care of your retirement savings first.
1: I I love you grandson. Right. But listen, you know, I'm not sacrificing my own nest egg for you, but, but yeah, that's a good point. Work with your advisor on doing it the right way. Yes, absolutely. There's all kinds of, okay. So to pivot to what John's got.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and John and I were talking, and we think this this topic is very timely because the number one question we're getting uh, from our clients in in our planning meetings and reviews, uh, and the number one fear is inflation uh, because of the amount of money our government is printing, and um, and and we've seen it in different parts of the economy. The the costs go up significantly, and um, and we think inflation is going to be here for a while, and you know. Uh, John's going to talk a little bit about how could uh, you do some things to combat inflation when it comes to when you're in retirement, and and you're on a fixed income. That's that's a scary thing.
3: Yeah, so you know, inflation is a is you know, I, I often say most investors have three enemies when it comes to retirement planning. Is going to be probably inflation would be up there as maybe number one. I'd say procrastination would firmly be in number two. Um, but emotions, I always say it's number three, but then I often want to make it number one. (laughs) I
1: I know John, you're from New Zealand. I'll mention that. I'm sure our listeners love your accent, right? (laughs) But I was going to say procrastination is the American way or is it more the human way?
3: I think it's the human way. Yeah,
1: I agree. Yeah. I don't think it's just America. I think it's just our human nature. To right. put some things off. I'll get to that someday.
3: Right. You know, I read a shocking statistic the other day in the United States that if a $1,000 emergency happened, whether it's four flat tires or or whatever incident that you need the money for, unfortunately, 50% of the United States couldn't come up with 1000 bucks to deal with that issue. And that's not just the United States. That's New Zealand. That's Australia. That's other countries. Where unfortunately, savings isn't really you drilled have no in.
1: savings at all. I right. mean if you can't afford a thousand dollars, we're always told to have an emergency fund.
3: right. yeah,
1: wow, that that's kind of alarming if you think about it. that's right. half of our yeah. country.
3: right, exactly. And money's not the most exciting thing to talk about for a lot of people. You know, if you're talking about your mortgage balance at a party, you've run out of things to talk about. Oh, my God. <laughs> or if you're talking about the debt, you know, that you're creating. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're going to lose some friends
1: at that cocktail party fast.
3: Right. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I find money kind of exciting. It's. it's a, I, I like to nerd out a little bit. Like, for example, um, with inflation especially. So, 1913, a gallon of milk was $0.36. Cents, and today, a gallon of milk is $3.53. <laughs> wow. So over 100 years, that's a 9.8% increase, you know, factor by 9.8. So, you know, obviously everything's going up in price. The average home in 1930s was 30000 The average home today is almost $300,000. Um, so huge inflation rates. College, we're just talking about college. That's a 6% inflation rate on average for a public college, not private. Um,
1: I just bought a new car. I hate to talk about it over and over because I'm being accused of talking about it too much. That car that I bought would would have been a house back in the day, right? right. Uh, everything has changed. Cars, you look at it, what we used to pay for a car. Uh, my goodness, gasoline, John.
3: Right. And, and, and again, you know, Joe was saying this and I agree that when we're meeting with clients today and you're seeing this all over the news is inflation is heading higher. Um, myself, I buy into that argument a little bit. But, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm still in the camp of I think we're seeing a little bit more deflation these days. Let me just make a quick example. So in 1890, we had a big depression. They made 30 years of low interest rates. In 1930, we had a Great Depression and 30 years of low interest rates. In 2008, we had the Great Financial Crisis and what could be another, I'd say, decade of low interest rates. History does tend to repeat itself or, you know, rhyme or whatever. I think it was Mark Twain that said that. But long, long short of it is, when you're doing a financial plan, make sure that you are accounting for the, f- the effect that inflation has on your spending goals. $100,000 of spending today is not going to be the same 30 years from now. Oh,
1: that's a great point. Right. Well, I've got 100 grand. Yeah, but you're 33 years old. When you're 63, that 100 isn't going to go as far.
3: Right. And we need to make sure that we're in growing your investments that they will keep pace and exceed inflation. So- Probably heard of the rule of 72. If you divide something into 72, it's how long it's going to take to double. So if you're getting a 7% rate of return, that means it's going to take 10 years or so for your money to double. Well, that's going to keep well ahead of inflation. Uh, And inflation since 1926 until now has been around two and a quarter, 3%, somewhere in there. Annually. Annually, right. If we exclude all that time up until the 70s and just go from the 70s onwards, it's been about 4%.
1: What do the I, this is coming out of the left field, guys? Off the top of your head, without info in front of you, the market's average blank since like 1929. Isn't it about six or seven yeah, percent? Yeah, in general. Yeah,
2: real rate of return, U.S. stocks around six percent. So now that's think after that. inflation. So I was going to make a point, you know. I've talked with a lot of clients about this. The best investment that you can have to fight against inflation and outpace inflation is good quality US dividend paying stocks. Yeah. Don't listen to the ads on CNBC that talk about gold and silver. And silver. silver, They
1: and they boy, when they do not get paid to own those assets. Correct. And boy, when they when they start airing those, they bombard you with them. Yep. Uh, good stuff on, on inflation and good sexy segment on college, Thanks. college tuition, how to pay for it. Now, all of this being said, to reach out to the COWAL Investment Group, the thekowalway.com or 262-522-4040. We'll be right back with some final comments.
0: When it comes to real estate commissions, there are so many options. 6% flat fee, limited service, full service. How do you choose? This is Bob Tarantino from Redefined Realty. We're Wisconsin's number one discount brokerage since 2013, and there's a good reason why. Our commission rate is 3.99%. It's full service as opposed to limited service and not flat fee. Let's face it, 6% is just too much to pay, and flat fee is probably too little to get everything you need. Redefine Realty, Wisconsin's number one discount brokerage at just 3.99%.
1: We are back on The Retirement Clinic with Joe Still and John White. First off, great show today, guys, full of information, right? Thanks, Paul. It was fun. Inflation, how to pay for college tuition. We started out the show about, oh, your blog, by the way, which it was a year or two ago, still pertains, do you fire
2: your financial advisor? Yeah, when is it time to fire your financial advisor? Zero chemistry, poor communication, Um, if your portfolio is off track and you don't understand why, and they're not explaining it. Um, and if your situation changes, you know, you don't, um, go to a general practitioner. If your heart is bad, you You see a cardiologist, cardiologist, same thing you want. Once you get close to retirement, you want to go to a retirement specialist and make sure that they know exactly what's going to happen and they can help walk you through every possible scenario.
1: Well, and it's your niche. It's what you guys do. It's retirement planning at the Cowal Investment Group. It's all about your retirement. So, again, that list on inflation, John, when you started mentioning the cost of milk and houses, I I could listen to that all day. Like 50 items. It just puts life in perspective. Off the air, I said to you, imagine 50 years from now what we'd be saying.
3: Right. I'd imagine a gallon of milk is going to be more than $3.50. <laughs> uh, it's
1: probably going to be 30 bucks, right? Right, right. Uh, All in perspective, but you know, are we headed toward inflation? You had some great thoughts on that. If you have concerns or even a question, uh, the Coal Investment Group, we talked about all the locations. Waukesha, of course, headquartered there. In addition, Port Washington up in Ozaukee County, in Racine, and of course, that Phoenix location, 262-522-4040, thecoalway.com. Joe Still, John White. Thank you so much, guys. We'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, thank you. Paul. And have a great weekend to all of our listeners. Uh, we appreciate you joining us every weekend for the Retirement Clinic, both in Madison and WIBA and right here in WISN Milwaukee.